I say this just about every time, that um, sometimes I don't ask Jake to have us worship with different songs, and every single time, the words go right along with what God has asked me to speak. And so it's just incredible. The Holy Spirit is amazing. So my name is Kim Chitwood, and I'm our Next Steps pastor. And here's something about me that, that most people don't know. Most days, I spend very little time getting ready in the morning. I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, it doesn't take me long to prepare for the day. But back in the day, back in the 1980s, that's how long ago that was. I think it's oldies now. I think it's the oldies. But anyways, um, so back in the day, it's, I spent hours and hours getting ready. So I'd start the night before, and I'd make sure I had the right clothes that actually matched and were the latest trends, make sure I had enough makeup on hand and hairspray on hand, had my breakfast ready to go. Then I'd get up really in the, early in the morning, and I'd start that whole process. See, because in the 80s, we wore a lot of makeup, Really, a lot of eyeshadow, blues and greens and purples. Not that it was good. <laughs> lots, of, lots of hairspray, big, big, big hair. So I had to make sure I had hairspray on hand. And so I was prepared. And so when I think back, though, was I prepared mostly on the outside or on the inside? And what about you? How long does it take you to prepare for the day? Maybe not like me. Maybe instead of like me, maybe it's more of what you have to do. Maybe you have a list of your things that you want to get done for the day and you want to cross them all off. For those of you who have young ones, maybe you've got all their book bags lined up and lunches ready to go and homework set out. And then what about coming here today? You had to make sure you had enough gas in your car. Had to make sure everybody had clothes to wear, <laughs> food to eat. And maybe if you're like me, when my kids were young, we prepared them as we were getting closer to the church of how they should behave and how they needed to have smiles on their faces when they walked through the door. Or maybe you're watching online and all you need is a blanket and a cup of coffee to be prepared. But... Our smiles and lists of to-dos and clothes and hair, are those things really fully, completely being prepared? So we're starting a series today called Dangerous Prayers. And today, I'm going to give you a very short, simple two-word prayer. And then for the next two weeks, you're going to also get short, simple two-word prayers. And so when you think about prayer in your life, I want you to ponder this. How prepared are you in your life with prayer? How does prayer prepare you? Maybe you get up in the morning and pray. Maybe you pray throughout your day. And if you do pray, what do you pray about? See, what I found in my life and the lives of most people around me we pray for two reasons, for safety and for well-being. We want our lives comfortable and easy, and so we pray about these things. Prayers like, God, keep me safe. Keep my kids safe. 
My child started driving, keep them safe. Or prayers like, keep me well, keep us well, help us get well, help us do well. That's what we often pray about. And if I'm completely honest, even when I'm praying for other people, and maybe you're like this too, if you really think about it, if I keep praying for your safety and your well-being, and that happens, then I can step back and I can relax. And these aren't wrong. First of all, it's not wrong to prepare for the day, but it's also not wrong to pray about safety, pray about well-being. God wants us, us to pray about everything all the time. Jesus says, ask me for help, I'm here. But too often we get stuck here. We get stuck in these safety and well-being prayers. And so for this series, we wanna take a next step. We wanna start praying courageously, dangerously even. Are you all excited? But seriously, here's what I've realized with dangerous prayers. They, they aren't prayers to keep us comfortable and safe. And if we're honest, even when we do pray those prayers, a sovereign God is going to give us what we need. But dangerous prayers do what we need most of all, which is Jesus. They help us get more of him. And so I'm going to challenge you. And I know the guys are going to challenge you the next two weeks to take to keep praying your prayers of safety and well-being, but start take a next step and start praying these dangerous prayers and watch how God works in your life. And so today, our two words, our prayer is prepare me. Prepare me. Prepare me, God. And David, who is a man that's found a lot in our first half of the Bible, was a man that was often prepared. Whether he was a shepherd or soldier or king, he had what he needed to fight the lion, to fight the bear, to guard the sheep, to protect himself and others. But there was one time in his life, at least one time, when the people around him said, you are not prepared. And this is a story I know you've heard countless times. Matter of fact, Jordan shared this story just not even a month ago, I think. But I'm hoping to give you just a little bit more insight today. And so David, as a young man who was a shepherd, was home. And his father, Jesse, asked him to go check on his brothers and bring them food because they were fighting for the Israelite army and they were in a battle against the Philistines. And so David sat out and as he happened upon the camp, he noticed a giant of a man, Goliath, over nine feet tall, who was prepared in armor from head to toe and even had an armor bearer in front of him to guard the way. And Goliath was shouting out things like, you find a man to fight me, and if you kill me, we the Philistines will be your servants. But if I kill you, the Israelites will be ours. David looked around, and no one would fight him. They were terrified. They knew it would be impossible. No one was prepared. They knew they weren't prepared. They knew it would be utterly dangerous. Not even King Saul would do it. 
And so David mustered up his strength and, and he said this. In 1 Samuel 17, 26, he's, he asked, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? If you notice, he said kills. He says removes. He was a little upset. And then David proceeded to convince them that he could do it. And so reluctantly, they, they let him, but King Saul was not convinced. He did not believe David was prepared. So he said, listen, I want you to prepare more, so here's my armor. I want you to put it on. So David reluctantly did. He put it on, but he moved around, and the text said he was not used to them. Some have said that maybe they were too big on him. It doesn't say that. David could have been a good-sized boy, but he wasn't used to them. See, I believe David was used to most of all being prepared with God himself. And so David took them off, and he grabbed a slingshot, which he often carried, and he grabbed a few stones from a nearby brook, and he set off to kill Goliath. And when Goliath saw him, he was angry, and he made fun of David. But David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. These are the things you're prepared with. But I come against you prepared in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. See, David, I believe he was prepared in God because he was known as having a heart for God. And this came from his constant heart preparations. David spent time with the Lord. He spent time praying, spent time writing poetry, spent time singing with God. You know, if you read the Psalms, you read the times when he got so real and raw with God. He was constantly preparing with him. There's one time in one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 23, where David said, the Lord has prepared a table set before me in the presence of my enemies. He's like, I'm prepared with God. No matter what battle I face, I know he is with me. But if you know much about David, you know he was far from perfect. He did a lot of major things wrong. But being prepared and being perfect aren't the same things. Being prepared means that I am going to go to the one who is perfect to fully prepare me. And you may think, well, why is this prayer dangerous? It almost feels like there's a protection that you're going to be able to, you know, be stronger and do the right. It's not about us. The reason it's dangerous is because we are literally letting go of control and we're letting God prepare us. We're taking off the armor that other people think we need to put on and we're literally letting God prepare us instead. And we can take this and can you imagine what our lives would be like if we started praying prepare me throughout our day? Before you walk out the door, prepare me, God, for this day. Before you go into work, prepare me as I meet with my coworkers. 
God, prepare me as I get my kids up for the day and we head out for school. Prepare my mind so I start to think like you. Prepare my mouth so any words I speak at this meeting are of you. Prepare my ears so I listen like you want me to listen. Prepare this decision I have to make that it, it's all about you and it's not about me. Can you imagine our world if everyone started praying, prepare me. Prepare me, God. He's a pretty good God. And he is the one who prepares us. He is the one who is perfect. And so today, I'm going to give you two next steps. And one of them is something that Brad and Jordan talked about last week. And it's something that we're going to start tomorrow. And it's fasting. Along with prayer, fasting, especially dangerous prayer, Fasting can be a catalyst for spiritual growth. And so we're encouraging you starting tomorrow for 21 days to give something to God. And you may hear that word and go, ugh. I know I do. And here's why. I think it's two reasons. One, fasting is hard. It's a difficult thing to do. And two, because it's been completely misconstrued. Maybe not completely, but in a lot of ways. See, we've messed up with that word fasting over the years, and oftentimes it can be something that's more harmful mentally and physically than even helpful spiritually. And so it's been my prayer that, that we remove any false and damaging stigmas when it comes to fasting and embrace what God had all along. And so... I am sure there's people listening that um, maybe when you hear that word, you have a trigger or it bothers you in some way. Please let us know. We want to help you. We want to help you find someone to process it with. See, because fasting, the fasting we're talking about is, is of God and God alone. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's not a form of diet, which again can be pretty harmful. Instead, it's something that God wants you to find in your life that you think you can't live without, but you really can. See, when I talk to counselors, what they've realized is most people, especially here in our Western society, have some sort of disordered eating patterns. I know I do. And so this fasting food can be dangerous. So I would say, as far as fasting goes, maybe not fast food. It's not needed. Maybe you shouldn't. But instead, I know Brad and Jordan shared a lot of different ways, things you could fast to give you some ideas. Maybe your phone or at least a portion of the day. Maybe certain apps on your phone. Maybe social media. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's coffee or soda. Maybe it's impulsive purchases, like Amazon. There's a lot of different things. So be thinking of something that consumes you, and then for 21 days, give it to God. What I am going to do is sounds so simple, but for me, it, it really was letting go, and it, it's my watch. And it's not because I get notifications on and I turn that off. 
It's because I get consumed with how many steps I take a day. I know, I know. It sounds hilarious, but I do. I mean, I'll sit there. It'll be 9 o'clock, and I'm like, you know, put it on my dogs. Let them run around. But seriously, so I'm going to take it off, and I'm going to put it down for 21 days. And then Jordan talked about when we give up something, we need to replace it with something. And so every time I want to know how many, you know, so I'm looking at my watch that isn't there. Instead, I'm going to pray our dangerous prayer. I'm going to take that time to pray to God. And so make sure that you have something to replace it with. Be prepared with that. Maybe have your Bible on hand or a journal or a sketchbook if art is the way you connect to God. Maybe have your worship music, you know, able to, to, to pu punch that app and start playing it. Maybe your walking shoes if nature is your connection to God. Because fasting isn't about dieting. Fasting is about I'm going to give something to God so that he can fill me in return. And then the, the next step so that we learn to be prepared with God is found in Ephesians chapter 6. And Paul writes this, starting with verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. See, there's a spiritual battle going on around us. And dangerous prayers coupled with fasting does create spiritual growth but it also causes something else. The enemy will turn up the heat. He will. Because he doesn't want you to get closer to God. There is no doubt. But the good news is, is we need to remember that the enemy only has lies. He is the father of lies. There's no truth in him. And so when he starts to try to turn up the heat with you, what he does is he shoots arrows of lies. And we just have to choose not to believe him. Because the enemy only wins when we believe his lies. And gosh, that sounds simple, like, okay, I won't believe his lies. But the problem is, is that through the years, even since we were young, we have believed the same lies. He knows. The same lies. And so they've become these strongholds in our lives they become truth to us that we've lived by. And so when we try to get closer to God, he turns up the heat and he aims those arrows at us. And so we've got to be 
prepared. We've got to be prepared. And what Paul says is, you got to put on your full armor. We've got to put each piece on. And what I want you to know more than anything is something that, that hit me, hit me a few weeks ago. Each piece of the armor that Paul talks about is not just a thing. Like, okay, I'm going to imagine each one of these things on me. Okay, ready to go. Each piece of this armor is, they're Jesus himself. Jesus is the one that protects us from the enemy. He is the one. We, 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 we actually sing about this in reckless love. That he is the one that fights on our behalf. But the problem is, again, is that we have believed these lies for so long. And so Paul says, put on the armor. Daily remind yourself who God is. And if we remind ourselves who God is, we are going to be able to be strong in the battle. We're going to trust him more. And so I'm going to give you something a little bit silly. And it's not going to take up any more of your time. This next step is going to be real simple. As you get ready for the day, as you put on clothes, which I hope you do, as you put on your clothes for the day, as you get ready for the day, we're going to have each piece resembling something that we do. So each day, you can pray and remind yourself who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And we're going to go from head to toe, because I think that's easier, even though that's not how the text is written. And so we're going to start with the helmet of salvation. And so when you're washing your hair or doing your hair or like me sometimes plopping a hat on your head <laughs> when you don't want to do your hair. <laughs> Ask God to remind you that Jesus is your salvation. It is because of Jesus that you are saved and that you have no more death. <laughs> it is Jesus alone. And that this helmet helps you remember, your mind can remember that truth. And the more that you let the Holy Spirit remind you that Jesus is your salvation, the more durable the helmet becomes. And when you choose Jesus, he, you are his child. That is the truth. So the helmet of salvation. The next piece is the breastplate of righteousness. So when you put on your shirt, ask God to remind you that Jesus is your righteousness. <laughs> And when you choose him, he stands in the gap between you and God. And God looks at you and sees you as righteous. And then the Holy Spirit gives you the, the ability to do what is right. Ask him to remind you, I know I mess up, but God, you give me the ability to do what is right. I have your breastplate of righteousness on. See, the verse that says his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness just came to light with this. This breastplate of righteousness, that's what it is. It's Jesus. And the more that every day that you put on your shirt and you're reminded that Jesus is your righteousness, the more durable that breastplate becomes. The next piece is the belt of truth. And we don't often wear belts anymore. So when you put your pants on, ask God to remind you that Jesus is the truth. He is your truth. Nothing about him is false. And he has the ability to fight off the enemy's lies. Jesus is truth. And the more that you ask the Holy Spirit to remind you that Jesus is truth, the more durable that belt becomes. 
And then the next one is the feet fitted for the readiness of the gospel of peace. And so when you put your shoes on, or maybe you're staying at home and you just have your socks on or slippers, ask God to remind you that Jesus is our prince of peace. And when we walk with him, he gives us the ability to spread him through the world in a peace-loving way. We can be peacemakers because of Jesus. And the more you do this and more ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, the more durable your feet for God becomes. And then the last two items we're going to pick up. And the first one is the shield of faith. And so think of something you pick up every day. Your phone, your keys, a bag, a purse. And when you pick that item up, ask God to remind you that Jesus is our faith. He is the solid rock we stand on. And this is so odd, but here's the truth. See, we don't have to conjure up faith in Jesus. That's what we think when we, I need faith in Jesus. I need to trust him. I need faith in Jesus. No, Jesus and his Holy Spirit gives us faith to have faith in Jesus. And so when we pick up this item, every time we do, we can be reminded that Jesus is the faith that we can stand on. And the more we do this and more we let the Holy Spirit remind us of this, the more durable that shield of faith becomes. And then the last one, the last one is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And this is the one piece that we're not going to pretend with something else. I'm going to encourage you to literally pick up God's word. Maybe you like having a book Bible or the Bible app. Matter of fact, starting tomorrow, we have a Bible plan on the YouVersion app. And you can go on our C3 app and actually click on it and be able to be part of this Bible plan as well for 21 days. So as you pick up the Bible, you don't just pick it up, you need to open it. And even just for a moment, just even for one verse, let God speak to you. And let him remind you that Jesus is the living word. And Jesus is the reason this book was written. See, this book, the Bible, would just be another book in the library if it weren't for Jesus. But Jesus is the reason we need to read it. And the whole reason the Bible was written is for us to see our need of him. And so I said Jesus about a million times today. And I said that to let you know that as you put on your full armor, you are clothing yourself in Jesus. And so to wrap up today, to finish up, I'm gonna pray a prayer over us that is kind of an example of how you can pray as you clothe yourself during the day. But it doesn't have to be just like this. There's nothing magic about these words. It's all God himself. So let's pray together. Lord God, prepare us. 
Help us be strong in you and in your mighty power. Place on us your full armor so that we can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Place on us the helmet of salvation, which is you, Jesus. You alone are our salvation. Thank you for saving us from sin and death. And when we choose you, you call us your child. Prepare our minds to believe we are truly saved by your grace. Place on us the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus, you are our righteousness. Thank you for dying for us and rising again so you call us righteous. And even though we constantly mess up, you are our advocate with God. Please prepare our hearts to do what is right and live righteously. Lord, place on us your belt of truth. Jesus, you are truth. Nothing about you is false. Help us to trust in you and what you say and never believe Satan's lies. Prepare us with your truth. Place in us these shoes fitted for the readiness of the gospel of peace. Jesus, you are our prince of peace. You give us the ability to be a peacemaker and do all things in love. Prepare us to share you with peace and love to all people. Lord, help us take up your shield of faith. Jesus, you are our faith. And without you, we have no faith. Help us trust you more and more and know that you're extinguishing all the lies of the enemy. Prepare us with your faith, Lord. And last, help us take up the sword of the Spirit. Remind us how crucial it is to be in your word and learn more about you. Jesus, you are a living word. And the Bible was written to show us our need of you. Prepare us with your word, Lord. And Lord, help us to pray in your spirit on all occasions for all people. And help us have the courage to fast, step into dangerous prayers, and surrender fully to you.